Turn up the volume. We're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out. Well, a pretty big correction to be made <laughs> as we head across to uh, Louis Herman Watt uh, has got our details of our sports desk today, courtesy of Polaris. But uh, about this time yesterday, um, we got news through that um, Heath Streak had uh, passed away. In fact, it became world news. And uh, former Zimbabwean all-rounder and coach. And uh, that was uh, was very sad, of course. Uh, but uh, we pick up the... The, the phone this morning and get into, uh, into stuff and uh, headline reports of former Zimbabwe cricket captain Heath Streak's death is premature in fact Heath Streak is alive and well it was former teammate Henry Alonga who posted a Twitter tribute to Streak saying he had crossed the other side issues uh, another a message on uh, pla- social platform later on the Wednesday when he said uh, I can confirm that the rumours of the demise of Heath Streak have been greatly exaggerated yeah, well, he's alive. I just heard from him. Uh, the third umpire has called him back. He is very much alive, folks. Streak's mother, Karen, told Zimbabwe's Chronicle her son was very much alive. He's not well, but he is fine. Uh, he's been walking around the farm, and um, uh, I can promise you uh, he hasn't gone. So uh, I suppose a little bit embarrassing for all around, including myself, actually, believing uh, what you read. Never believe what you read. Never believe what you hear, Louis. Oh, I mean, I guess so, but what are you meant to do about that one? Like, we're not. This is a. This was public. Yeah, it was published right around the world, but it shows how misinformation can snowball, doesn't it? And sure does. You know, it's it is a little bit scary when you phrase it like that. So it is a little bit egg on everyone's face, and obviously apologies to the family and Heath himself. And it's. I guess the thing that strikes me is it's not a, like he's necessarily on the absolute brink as well. Not to be too morbid, but. Um, yesterday we did get a bit of sad news, Smithy, and this this has been confirmed and, and checked right over because the tributes are flowing. Um, a very important man in, in this line of work we do, New Zealand Sports Hall of Fame Chief Executive and, and well, obviously a, a, a great journalist, uh, sports author, author Ron Polensky, he passed away uh, yesterday after, in Dunedin, uh, 78, so pretty young really. Um, he suffered and battled cancer for the last three years. So um, he was extremely well respected in the sports and uh, riding fraternities. And that'll be sad for a lot of people that have had a lot to do with Ron because he had a massive contribution to a couple of big industries through the years. Look, about 40 books, Ron Polinski, prolific writer. Uh, yes, as you say, highly respected through some terrific eras of, uh, eras of New Zealand sport. Uh, but yeah, one of the things uh, recently that he's been known for is 20 years involved with the New Zealand Sports Hall of Fame down there in Dunedin and putting it together, collating all the information, the functions, etc., the inductions. Uh, Ron Polinski, very, very much a, a, a part of that. And it's uh, uh, one of the great legacies he leaves behind. But yes, a highly respected journalist. Um, you know, he, he hit that, the, the core of a number of issues over his long period of time with pen in hand, and uh, and he was uh, very, very uh, well respected by coaches, players, etc. Uh, Ron Polensky, um, yeah, a, a true servant of the media, and uh, sad, a sad situation, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well said, mate. A little bit of sports news from around the world. How about this? Uh, so uh, a bit of a faux pas on our multi this morning, just getting the, the timelines a little bit wrong, but I, I can see how, because Josh Kerr, he stunned Jakob 
Inge Britson, and one of the marquee events, the 1500 metres. So this, this is uh, the British fella, Josh Kerr. He ran 3 minutes 29.38 seconds to make his first podium at World Champs. He's only 25 years of old, and he absolutely made his run to perfection the last 200 metres. Uh, go and catch a replay of it if you can. It is just... Uh, I think there's something so special about the, the 1500 metres or the... Um, those shorter or middle distance, shorter middle middle distance events when they, they are really because I still got enough in the tank to be scrapping it out, duking it out down the straight, and yeah, he wasn't favoured to win, and he's beaten the Olympic champions. So that is interesting. Out of world, the World Athletics Championships in Budapest, that's been uh, fantastic to follow along with. And Smithy, we've been talking to David Bleski, and you were talking Ryder Cup. Now, Brooks Kepka, fascinating, fascinating. They have to pick him, you know. It'd be crazy not to pick him. Man for man, he is one of the best golfers in the world. Let's say top 10. Let's just call it what it is. He still is. So they've got to pick him. But the European side is a little bit different. The American players are eligible that play on live, but the European players are not. And Rory McIlroy has said the the absence of the the live players on Team Europe will have no bearing on their chances of reclaiming the Ryder Cup. Uh, he says, I don't think it would make a difference for us. Um, putting a little bit of a stab in, and yes, these guys haven't been playing wonderful golf, it's fair to say. We're talking probably Ian Poulter here, um, Lee Westwood as well. Uh, they haven't been playing the golf that they would like, but you, you heard David Bolesky talk about the interesting nature of these Ryder Cups. It's one course, it's a team event, very much is chemistry-based. Well, I found these comments from Paul Casey. He he was speaking to Golf Digest. He was talking about his move to live and how it had been the best thing for him because it, mean he could, it meant he could just focus his attention on one, uh, one league. This is what he said about the Ryder Cup. Uh, he said... Let's say Impolter isn't playing the golf he wants to play or hasn't played in the past and so won't be a part of the 12-man team. I would still have him be involved. It's what's going to be missing. Guys like Poulter and Westwood in the locker room, I've been in those locker rooms. These The pundits and commentators have not. The Ryder Cup is so valuable in terms of what it gives to golf in Europe, not just monetarily. We don't want that to be damaged any more than it has been already. I don't watch a lot of golf outside the majors, but I certainly do watch the Ryder Cup, and I might have a piece of Euro team clothing on in my top. I won't have the commentary on, though. And this shows the fracture in golf at the moment. And you've got Paul Casey talking about legends like Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter, but yet Rory McIlroy is happily talking to the media, media kind of almost shunning them. And, and it's there's still so much vitriol in, in amongst there, you know? It might not be as emotional as it was, but it, the divide is still certainly there, don't you think? Well, it is steep for Rory McIlroy. That is what happens when you become uh, the spokesman, uh, the iconic, I, I guess the, the iconic figure on one side of it. And it, it's very, very deep. And his battle with Greg Norman, uh, that'll never be mended, I, I wouldn't be thinking. Um, and hasn't he gone quiet lately, Greg Norman? But uh, it's and it, it, the Ryder Cup. One of the things you'll always hear the players talk about is the experience, the team experience, the team, everything for the team. And you know, the wives get involved, the kids get involved. They have um, immense backup staff where they bring in players of uh, yesterday uh, to to inspire them, to get alongside them, to help them walk alongside them on the fairways. Actually, because it's a, a competition where you can do that, um, but. When you have just one, 
one player in that group that no one else wants to be there, one that no one else wants to be there, um, that could, uh, and it's deep-seated, it is deep-seated. Poulter and, and uh, Westwood were quite outspoken. Um, when when uh, Liv uh, first broke away, they were the European side of the breakaway movement. Um, and, you know, uh, from all accounts, I mean, you wouldn't get a, a better team player in the past in Ryder Cup history and a, a more effective emotional one than Ian Poulter. You just simply wouldn't. Mm. If you watch what he has done, been able to do over the years uh, to inspire various Ryder Cup teams, I mean, he is just a given uh, to be around it. I mean, he he's not even welcome in the coaching side of things either, uh, let alone the playing side of things. So Luke Donald, who had to uh, put this thing together a little bit more quickly than uh, most coaches uh, do or most captains do because... Henrik Stenson bailed out to go to live, and uh, Luke uh, Luke Donald became the replacement captain. Um, uh, what he needs to have there is is team, 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 and uh, I don't even think now that you could go against Rory. You couldn't pick any of them against Rory because uh, what's that going to do to Rory and how important he is uh, to the makeup of your side? He's the on course captain, really. Uh, Luke Donald's the off course captain, so. Uh, very, very interesting. Very interesting indeed um, to see what will come out. And those teams not far away from being named. It's 11.52 here on SENZ.